If you're wondering what you need to do in terms of content and uh, the direction you need to take with digital marketing, then you're going to want to listen to this week's uh, podcast episode. Uh, my guest, Jacob Perez, uh, comes from a digital marketing background and is now in the real estate investing and mortgage space. And he has some great insights and ideas around how to get noticed, build your brand, and ultimately build your business. You're listening to the REI Branded Podcast, helping you build your real estate personal brand. If you want to stand out from the crowd, attract the right leads, right partners, and right clients every time, you're in the right place. My name is Paul Kopkut, and each week we'll be looking to decode and uncover what makes you, the real estate business owner, brandtastic. Each episode is intended to be valuable, cut to the chase, and actionable, so you can spend less time marketing your business and still get the results you want. Thank you for listening. Now let's get to work on making you brandtastic. Okay, and welcome to this week's episode of REI Branded Podcast. And I am excited to introduce you to Jacob Perez. Uh, Jacob has been investing in the Hamilton, Ontario real estate market since he was 23, really started young. And uh, now he has a portfolio close to $10 million with 40 plus doors. Uh, Jacob is a partner and mortgage agent with Synergy Mortgage Group, offering a digital experience backed by real people, working with both real estate investors and first-time homebuyers, helping them leverage real estate to build wealth. After only three years, he was featured nationally by Canadian mortgage professionals for being in the top half a percent of over 20,000 brokers in Canada. Congratulations on that. And Jacob also has experience in analytics and digital marketing with a BCom from McMaster University and a master's in management analytics from Queens. Welcome, Jacob. Thanks for having me. Good little intro there. I like that one. Okay, excellent. So that, that was kind of interesting when I looked at Synergy, the digital experience. Was this something you were doing even pre-pandemic? Because obviously everything we're seeing now is everything's digital and, and slowly we're getting back to to some normalcy, but was that something you were doing prior to the pandemic? Yeah, definitely. You know, um, I think past experience usually dictates our behavior a lot of times. And a lot of times when people come into the mortgage industry, they previously worked in a financial advisor role at a bank. And that's usually a sit down face-to-face meeting style role. And when I got into the mortgage industry, you know, I didn't come from this world at all. I came from a digital marketing background, a consulting background. And from the very beginning, you know, a couple of years before the, the pandemic began, you know, we've never really done the face-to-face thing. And that allows you to have like a much bigger target audience because, you know, we can work with clients in Windsor, Ontario. We can work with clients in Vancouver, BC and don't have that uh, geographical constraint. So, you know, why waste time with a face-to-face meeting? That's probably going to drag 30 to 45 minutes with personal talk when you can get something done efficiently on the phone in 15 minutes. And I think a lot of clients like that experience better as well because, you know, they can do it on their break at work or something like that. Right. And do you find that's that's a differentiator for you as as mortgage brokers, and that's helped you grow your business? Well, I hope not at this point. I hope that's not a differentiator like for other mortgage brokers, right? Because, you know, they're still operating under the let's schedule a time, let's meet, let's take time of each of our days and things like that. You know, that would be pretty outdated. I think the biggest differentiator in the mortgage world is really kind of your, your knowledge and experience and how you can kind of transfer financial literacy to your clients. 
because everyone on the mortgage in the mortgage world is going to have a different level of financial literacy. So the more you know about mortgages, but also real estate and different investment vehicles, that's going to really help you be a big mentor because at the end of the day, these mortgages are really just a financial tool. And when you see it that way, you can really help people dictate them to help grow their wealth and things like that. And so that is an approach that you have and your mortgage agents have at Synergy? Yeah. So, you know, the way Synergy works is, you know, we have a team. So it's myself, two business partners, and we have six full-time staff running our operation. And then we have essentially a different facet of the business, which is uh, a group of mortgage agents who are commissioned agents, and they run all their own independent businesses, right? So we encourage everybody to flow with their own branding and right, whatever is true to them. And, and if they continue to do that, we're going to learn things from them. And then they can learn things from us as long as we continue to operate our realm of the business. But between myself and my two business partners, we do have a lot of experience in investing in real estate, all of us prior to entering this space. So naturally, that's been kind of our frame of reference. Right. And, and uh, when you're talking about the Synergy brand, so you're allowing your agents to build their own personal brands separately from Synergy. How does, what are the pluses for that? What are the negatives that you, if any, that you may have seen? Yeah. So, you know, everyone's got a different approach, right? I approach business that, you know, I would never do to someone else what I wouldn't want done to myself. So I'm very aware that one day some of these agents may leave our brokerage. They might want to open their own brokerage and actually aspire to do some of the stuff that we're doing right now. So if an agent comes in our brokerage, you know, they have the option, they can get a Synergy Mortgage Group branded email. They could ride off of our branding, which has, you know, 300 plus Google reviews and, you know, a lot of trust in the public. Or they can do what I usually recommend they do, which is create your own brand, start your own business. Because if you ever want to leave us, let's say, you know, God forbid you have a dispute here or you want to open your own brokerage, you know, when you pick up and leave, you have your own branding. You don't have to start from scratch kind of thing, right? So I think that's the right approach. That's what I would want to be told when I first started. So that's kind of what I tell the agents. But in terms of uh, branding, the more we can do to build out our brand, you know, things like, Google uh, leads from Google just come naturally, organically, things like that. And, you know, the more we grow that, the more we can pass on some assistance to our agents. Right. And you mentioned your digital marketing background and experience. So tell us a little bit about, you know, what you've learned from there, what, what sort of things you did when you were doing that digital marketing, and then how you've been able to transfer some of that to, to what you're doing now. Yeah. So I used to work in the sports nutrition industry. So, you know, I worked at GNC in the malls, you know, when I was doing my university undergrad, and then I got a part-time job at a distributor that represented about 40 brands in Canada, American brands. And that got me exposure to a little bit of marketing. And then from there, I got a job with one of the biggest supplement companies in North America, which happens to be in Oakville, Ontario. And we represented, we had about five or six major brands, you know, endorsed major athletes, Jose Batista, Rob Gronkowski, a lot of different kind of household names. And that was when I started learning digital marketing. And my role was pretty general as a digital marketing specialist. But one thing I was really responsible for was driving conversation and um, brand sentiment about our brands in these niche, unique forums. So we were kind of like the original influencer marketing. We were basically taking people who had very popular voices in these forums and branding them with our with our brand name, giving them free products so that they would speak about our products X amount of times per week. So things we would track would be, you know, how many conversations mentioned the word, you know, let's say muscle tech, which is one of the brands I was representing at the time. And when I started versus, you know, three months from now, are we doing 3x the amount of conversations surrounding our brand versus what was originally there? 
And when I started in the mortgage world, you know, I try to say, Hey, can I take that experience and, um, and, and see if I can apply it in this world. So I found a forum called bigger pockets and it's a really niche real estate investment forum. And I kind of just housed myself in the Canada section and was just helping people with their tenant issues, uh, where to invest, what they can think for cash flow numbers, whatever guidance I can give. And I would usually take those conversations to the direct message, to the phone call and naturally get a mortgage in the process. So in my first year, just from that forum, I generated over 30 mortgages in my first year as a real estate agent. The average mortgage agent in Canada only does 24 transactions at all in the year. So that was a huge source of business for me. And um, I was able to get right in my niche audience, essentially. And is that still a, a tactic that you would recommend, you know, whether it's a mortgage agent or a realtor or a real estate investor use today? You know, absolutely. You, know, you want to go where, for example, you can do Google ads and try to target specific people, or you can actually just go talk to them directly and show value right away, right? And the beauty of like forums or content or things like that that are a little bit different than, than the ads we do is that they live forever. So there's times where I'll get a direct message for a forum comment I made a year and a half ago. And that direct message will generate a lead for me because people are searching up those topics that have already been discussed one year before or two years before. So the beauty of content is that you know it lives online forever. So it's not like an ad where if they didn't click on that one week campaign, you know, you don't you don't collect anything from it. This stuff is potentially generating new leads for for years to come and things like that. That's a really good point. I think most people probably have not thought that far down the route in terms of what a forum can do for you. But that really underlines the importance of uh, adding value first as well. I guess that's the other thing mm-hmm. that you're saying is it's not about promoting your services or promoting your products. It's about you and having a conversation. Exactly. And I don't want to look like a billboard and scream the mortgage rates and come at you from the perspective of, hey, I'm a mortgage agent. I come at you from the perspective of, hey, I'm willing to help you because I am willing to help you. Naturally, it's not fake. And if there's an opportunity where I can also help you with something else, I've already built that trust in a different facet. So I think that's a great approach for all sales-related industries. If you're, let's say, a real estate agent, but you have an Instagram page about home design and you're consulting people on home design, it's a non-threatening way to build a relationship and build trust and eventually transfer them over to your services. I think you've just underlined something else as well, building that trust, because that's ultimately people are going to do business with the old saying is no like and trust, isn't it? So now you mentioned uh, content. What other forms of content? What else are you doing in terms of your marketing and, and building your brand? Yeah. So I think the first thing I did when I started was, you know, I'm going to do a professional photo shoot, right? And have a lot of good pictures of myself that I can use for content and things like that. And then the first thing I started doing, and, you know, this might be intimidating for some people or might be suited to their, their skill set, but I started writing articles started writing articles about investing. I said, five tips for a first-time home investor, five common mistakes first-time home buyers mistake or make when they buy their first home. Um, I wrote about how house hacking, which is living in one rental unit and, and living in one rental unit and renting out the other, is taking the place of the version of a starter home in Canada. And then what I started to do was when I got an article that got a little bit of buzz on LinkedIn, that's where I typically post them, is I would take that article that got buzz and I would go to realtor.ca, this financial website, every single website, I said, would you like to take this as a guest post? All of a sudden, my articles started getting picked up on bigger publications. 
And then all of a sudden my authority and branding really looks quite elevated because two months ago, I was a brand new mortgage agent. Now I have an article on realtor.ca, one of the biggest real estate platforms there is, right? So that was one approach I took. I also started to look at what can I, what audiences can I tap into, right? Instead of starting my own website, starting my own podcast, can I just go on someone's podcast as a guest where they have more exposure than I do right now kind of thing, right? right? And then once I did a lot of that stuff and I eventually funneled it back to pumping out my own content. So when people find me on podcasts and all this different stuff, they go to my Instagram page or whatever it is. And there's a whole library of content there. So there's a reason to follow and things like that. So somebody starting out, uh, be it real estate investor or mortgage agent, realtor, what are the two or three things that you would say these? It's also interesting. You mentioned photo shoot. I think a lot of people forget about the importance of having a good headshot or a good series of shots that you can use in various elements, particularly when you're trying to be visual with uh, with social media posts. But what what else would people, would you say two or three things, these are the three things you should be thinking about? I wanted to quickly stop the show to ask you a question. If you're running a real estate business, are you using LinkedIn? And if you are, is your profile really representing your personal brand in the best way? You can use LinkedIn in much faster and more cost-effective ways than other social media platforms to build your business. And I've put together a free 30-page guide on how real estate owners can make their profile stand out and attract investors and partners. To get your free copy, go to reibranded.com forward slash LinkedIn. That's reibranded.com forward slash LinkedIn. And now back to the show. Yeah, well, especially if your industry, you know, you're going to be like myself where it's phone and email, right? You can convey your personality and convey your expertise on the phone. But that branding is really what creates that personal connection with the client because they're going to look you up and things like that, right? So I think the most important thing is, can you just write a quick 10 generic articles on LinkedIn with a professional photo, with a professional caption, making yourself at least look like an influencer? It's really not that hard to come up with content that makes sense, even if it's content that's similar to what other people have. It's just a way to position yourself, right? If you're willing to write, put yourself out there, that's one version. The next thing you'd want to do is create video content. You can create video content based on those same blog articles, right? And then you can convert those blog articles to a podcast, right? And then you can start, you know, if you don't have a lot of expertise or, you know, someone might not want to put you on their podcast because maybe you don't have the experience or or a reason to really be a guest, you should flip it. You should try to get your own content by interviewing someone else saying, Hey, you know, I'd love to have you on a live stream. Would you mind making doing quick live stream with me next week? You know, most people want exposure, right? So let's say, for example, you know, you're a real estate agent, you say to a lawyer, Hey, you know, would you mind doing a live stream with me? I want to show my audience, you know, a couple questions about um, what to expect through the legal process when you're buying real estate, right? Most people nowadays are, are going to take every exposure opportunity possible. And what you're doing is really giving your spouse exposure on their platform, right? Because they're going to share it with their audience and things like that, right? So if you don't have uh, something interesting or a story to tell or things like that, you know, if that's really how you feel, flip the script and, and kind of be the, the interviewer and try to bring those people into your circles that way. So curating content versus having to create it. Mm-hmm, exactly. Okay. So where do you see the the mortgage industry kind of heading? What, what are the things that 
you know, what's what's the next kind of disruption? What are people having to expect? And and probably also a, a kind of lead in to you know where we're currently seeing the market. Everybody's expecting a downturn at some point. You know, what happens then for those those people that are maybe uh, you know maybe not prepared for that? Yeah, I think there's there's a few things there, right? Where I see the mortgage industry going is I see a lot more people entering the mortgage industry because you know it's one of these few professions where your income actually scales with the cost of living. You make commissions based on a size of a mortgage. So it's actually a pretty good financial industry to be in for that reason. So that's one thing I would say. I think there's gonna be more and more people entering the industry. Also, the barrier entry is very low. The other thing is it's going to be the rise in technology, right? And you're going to see all the major five banks competing on who could have the best tech to have the best streamlined mortgage experience. And then you're going to have the entire mortgage broker industry having technology companies competing to provide the entire industry the best online experience possible to sell to this whole industry of mortgage brokers, right? So really, as an independent mortgage agent, you don't need to be a technology company because there's going to be such a profit opportunity for these technology companies to build that out for you, right? And you're just going to have to subscribe to their services and things like that, right? But I see just kind of a more more digital experience as we go. You know, the very simple niche mortgages, which is not many of them, will be easier to automate online, right? But, you know, the people who have three, four properties who need the consulting, who are doing more unique situations, that stuff's going to be a lot tougher to automate for sure. So that's what I that's where I see the industry going, just better tech, more people in it, you know, as this thing continues to get more exposure. And then when it comes to like the market and mortgages and things like that, you know, from someone who's on the inside, the lending environment is extremely responsible. It's it's almost like too responsible. So when you get a mortgage, without a doubt, you can afford that mortgage. The only reason people might get into trouble is the behavior they do after they get the mortgage. So then they get the car and then they get the boat or whatever it is, right? So, you know, when it comes to real estate and let's say there is, let's say there's a correction, there's a 20% reduction in prices, something really aggressive. It doesn't really impact you if you're planning on selling or unless you're planning on selling, right? Or you need to sell and it doesn't really impact you, um, that doesn't really impact people. I don't think as much as people think it may kind of thing. It's really just if you're banking on it for your retirement or you're banking on it um, to, you know, do a move up situation, or you needed to refinance after a large renovation, you sunk a bunch of money in the house, right? That stuff can definitely hurt you. Right. But I, I'm not really too, too concerned about the market. To be honest, I was more concerned about the market in the past. The more I seem to learn about the government and and things we're doing here in Canada, I'm actually more concerned about the hyperinflation that may be coming as well in the country. But you know, no one kind of knows the future. The, the reality of the real estate environment is that government regulation can always impact the market. So they can just come up with a regulation tomorrow that drastically impacts the market. So no one can really know where it's coming because that's just the variable in it that no one can predict. Right. And you mentioned about that uh, that more, more kind of specialized uh, service where people have multiple properties. Do you see that as being an uh, an opportunity for people to, you know, build a brand around being the go to person for five plus properties, for example? Or yeah, absolutely. I think that real estate investing is just going to continue to get more and more popular. Right? It's it's going to turn from um, it's going to turn from a thing people consider doing to a thing people need to do, 
right? So I think, you know, I always say like everyone should have three properties at least because that's just a basic nest egg for some version of retirement, right? You may have a pension through your government employer, but maybe that pension is really not going to be worth much if the dollar continues to decrease in buying power and things like that over the next 20, 30 years, right? So I think real estate investing is, is turning from a you know, specialized strategy to more of a need in the country kind of thing. So I think, yeah, that's definitely going to be required, you know, when it comes to mortgages, it's really, I would always say is, you know, everything's pretty, you can figure out pretty much everything, but how you brand yourself is going to dictate what kind of clients you get, right? So if you want to brand yourself towards multiple property owners, there's definitely a niche there, but you're going to have more complicated files that the banks don't necessarily love receiving, right? If you're going to brand yourself towards first time home buyers, you know, the banks are going to like you. Those are really easy files, but you may have more competition for those files because those types of clients can be approved everywhere. Whereas you might have a real estate investor, they really only have one good option. So once you get them the approval there, there's really no competition that could really enter the situation, right? right? So I think real estate investors are a great niche because I think they're the least rate sensitive niche and they appreciate you the most. Whereas, you know, some other type of um, buyers, you just might not see them for another five years plus kind of thing. Right. Uh, it was interesting. I was just seeing this morning in the news that millennials in the major cities of Montreal, Vancouver, Toronto, are now more likely to be owning two properties or more than people above age 35, which kind of mm -hmm. shocked me because I was thinking, well, surely the market kind of has outpaced them and they can't do it. But it is obviously not the case. Yeah. And that's the interesting thing because every single day I'm talking to new real estate investors and you'd be surprised how many kids are fresh out of university or in university at 19 years old already starting these dialogues. So I always say this, this generation Z, which is, I guess, the generation below me, I'm, I'm considered a millennial is they're, they have, they're a lot more just, I think, extreme in general. And the financial literacy section of this, of this generation is really about it. And what I see is like their version of rock stars are the Gary Vaynerchuk's or the Grant Cardone's and things like that. Like they look up to the entrepreneurs versus looking up to the athlete or the musician or things like that. So I think, you know, you're definitely seeing a big trend towards financial literacy and it really ties to freedom and lifestyle. You know, they're really looking for that freedom and lifestyle and they're seeing real estate investing as a ticket to getting there. I think you've underlined that um, very well, actually, because when you think about the younger generation, they're also not interested in, I'm going to go work for a company for 30 years. That, that does not interest them mm. at all. Mm. Um, so so for, as a appealing, so again, going back to content and building your brand, choosing subjects around those freedom lifestyles could be the kind of thing you would use as content to, to attract or potentially start to build relationships with those, that target market, for example. Absolutely. You know, and even with my clients, I will make recommendations that maybe aren't even real estate. Maybe you're not comfortable investing in real estate, but you have a lot of equity in your home. You should at least get a line of credit, consider putting that line of credit in the stock market through a TFSA or put that line of credit to work through private lending and different investment vehicles, right? I think the main piece that you learn through real estate is that it's this leveraged investing that really is the thing that builds wealth for people. So if you understand how to invest and you're able to invest in kind of safe asset classes and things like that and just kind of play the the leverage game is definitely a good strategy okay i, I have a few favorite questions that i like to to ask on the podcast 
So a favorite brand or personal brand and, and why? So my favorite personal brand, without a doubt, is Grant Cardone. I think he was one of the first people I really looked up to when I was start, first getting into this personal development, self-improvement type world kind of thing. And, you know, there's a lot of different um, Ty Lopez, Gary Vaynerchuk type, like successful entrepreneurs who share a lot of their life. The one thing I love about Grant Cardone is, you know, he's, he's always himself, that's for sure. But the second thing is really he takes his family along with him for the ride. So he gives you kind of the the mindset that you can do this and have a family and kind of have it all. And that's what I love about following Grant Cardone. You know, I plan to have a family one day and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I hope to share kind of the whole journey with them. So that's uh, why he's definitely appealed the most to me. Yeah, he's very different from from Gary Vee, isn't he? Because Gary Vee mm-hmm. keeps his family very private and, and away from everything he does. And yet they yeah. probably both roll in different, in very similar circles. They work extremely hard. And, and they mm-hmm. obviously document document their lives. Okay. Uh, recommended business book or podcast? Yeah, so many different business books. Uh, you know, on that Grant Cardone train, I'll, I'll recommend 10X by Grant Cardone. It's really just if you if you think you're working really hard or you think you're taking a lot of action, you read this book and you go, wow, I could be playing a lot bigger than I'm currently playing kind of thing. So 10X by Grant Cardone is uh, an incredible book. And then there's another book too I really recommend people read. It's called Seat of the Soul by Gary Zukov. So basically, when it comes to this uh, entrepreneurial world, you know, we're building up our brains so much to be indestructible and fearless and able to go through anything. Sometimes you lose you lose a connection with your soul too. And this book kind of takes you back to something a little bit deeper than just the mindset and the self improvement work. And I think for people who have been really deep in this entrepreneurial journey, that's a good book to read just to kind of take you back to square one uh, to kind of reset things. I like I like the uh, the contrast there. That's excellent. Uh, current tool or resource that you're enjoying using? Well, you know, there's a lot that we use in our business. You know, between CRMs and different products like that. But I still think it's just Instagram. A boring answer, but I still think you know Instagram. There's so much you can do on this platform, and it's such a great tool. You can book meetings in your calendar straight through the platform. You can interact with so many different people, and I find. Instagram has been really one of the best sources of business for me and one of the best sources of, you know, entertainment for me and things like that. So I definitely think uh, Instagram has been the technology piece. And then if you want to say like a process piece or something like that, um, for everyone out there, another great book is a book called Traction. And it's basically an entire process to run your organization and how you meet weekly, what things you discuss in the meetings, you know, how you build out your core values, things like that. We've implemented these processes into our business it's been a, a huge game changer for us. So if you're looking to implement maybe a new process in your business, I'd recommend reading the book Traction. Yeah, that's that's been a recommended. I've heard that from several people in the real estate space that they, in term, particularly around scaling a business and building mm-hmm. systems in it. Okay, and so on the social media aspect, if somebody w- was doing next to nothing on social media, so would Instagram be the one you would say start there? and get good at Instagram first versus adding three or four channels at the same time? I would say you should try all of them, to be honest, and see where you're getting the traction with your type of content, right? You might find Mm -hmm. that LinkedIn is actually a better audience for you, depending on what you're looking for. If you're a business-to-business type uh, business, right, a B2B business, you know, LinkedIn is going to be a better move for you than Instagram, right? So it's really kind of where does your audience live? And what you might find too is that, okay, well, a lot of my audience lives on Instagram or they live on YouTube, but 
I have the least competition on LinkedIn. So maybe I just happen to be getting the most traction on LinkedIn. So I think it's really a trial and error. Try all the platforms and see where you're getting the best results. And then, you know, double down, triple down in that environment. Okay, excellent. And then finally, uh, a favorite quote. Oh, so many good ones. Um, but I love the uh, the quote, if you're not growing, you're dying. So it really just means that, you know, there's no pay, there's no staying flat, you're either improving or you're declining kind of thing. And that's really what, what I believe in life. And, you know, it can be different things, your business can be growing, but your health is dying, you know, <laughs> a lot of different things. So not everything can be your, your number one priority, unfortunately, but I think it's just a good good um, lesson to remember that there's no such thing as staying still. You are declining if you're doing nothing in a certain facet or things like that. Right. Okay. Any final pieces of advice, recommendations that you'd have? Uh, not really. I would just say, you know, if anyone out there is looking to try something, build a brand related business or things like that, you know, you just have to have the courage to go for it and do it. There's so many people who are afraid to brand themselves that just by that alone, your competition is actually very little. You'd be surprised. And, you know, the kind of people that you're trying to attract, you will attract, right? It's really just how soon and how frequent and that kind of stuff. So I'd say definitely just go ahead if you ever want to get connected with me specifically around maybe building a mortgage related business or learning about real estate investing, the best place to contact me is at Jacob Perez 10 on Instagram. And you can actually book a call with me right through my bio, uh, send me a DM, whatever it is. I love interacting and I'll definitely get back to you. Right. Um, it's interesting. You said um, people are afraid to build a brand. Why, why do you think that is? I think it's just, you know, the, how will my peers view me? How will my family view me? You know, people will think, you know, who am I to, to put out content? Who am I to position myself as an expert? Things like that, right? I think, you know, we live in a society where a lot of people are, are afraid of uh, judgment or things like that, right? And, you know, if you can kind of shed that uh, limiting behavior, limiting belief that you have, you know, it will help you in a lot of aspects, not just business, but also kind of in your relationships and things like that. Okay, wonderful. Well, I've, I've really enjoyed talking with you, Jacob, and, and some great tips and advice there. And I'm sure people are going to find that helpful. And uh, I wish you continued success. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, what did you think? Was that brandtastic? Did it give you some ideas and actions that you can take right now to build your business and real estate personal brand? So what's stopping you? Get to it. And if you're wondering where your real estate personal brand currently stands and some steps to make it more brandtastic, you can download our free real estate personal brand checklist at reibranded.com forward slash checklist. That's reibranded.com forward slash checklist. Thank you for listening and have yourself a brandtastic day.